Welcome to Truth For Our Time. This podcast is a production of the Communications Committee of the Apostolic Christian Church Nazarene's Elder Council. Our goal is to bring you audio recordings of publications past and present. It is our prayer that these podcasts will be a blessing to you and draw you into a closer walk with our Heavenly Father. pocket watch. Before the modern refrigerator, each household had an icebox, a large insulated chest that needed to be periodically stocked with ice in order to keep its contents cool. Each winter, ice from the lakes of the north was cut into blocks and stored in large warehouses under a layer of insulating sawdust. These buildings, called ice houses, were thick-walled and windowless with tight-fitting doors designed to protect the ice from the heat. The story of the pocket watch begins on a cold winter's day in one such ice house. It had been a busy day. The manager of the large ice house in Wilmington, North Carolina, had spent most of it shuttling back and forth between the loading dock, which faced the Cape Fear River, the ice house, and the front office. It was his job to supervise the shipments of ice, from the unloading of the river boats to the careful stacking of the blocks inside the warehouse. Tallies had to be recorded in the stock ledger and double-checked before the blocks could be covered in a thick layer of sawdust that would ensure their survival until the summer months. He found it bothersome to have to put on and remove his coat so often, but the chill in the ice house had a way of seeping into his bones. He switched the ledger to his other arm and reached inside the vest pocket for his pocket watch. Pulling on the watch chain, it slid out easily and swung back and forth, but only a clasp dangled from the end. He frowned and groped deeper into the pocket and then patted down his waistcoat. Finding nothing, he rummaged through his pockets one by one, deeper each time searching for holes through which he may have lost his watch. He spun around and scanned the floor of the dim warehouse, looking for a glint of gold in the sawdust that carpeted the floor. The manager shouted for the other men to stop their work to help him find this pocket watch. The workmen grabbed lanterns and raked through shavings with their hands searching for the precious watch. Soon, the warehouse rang with shouts of men. Joe, have you searched down that aisle? Careful where you step. Bring more lanterns over here. Even the clerk from the front office poked his head into the ice house to find out the reason for the commotion. He soon ducked back into the office for his coat and returned to help in the hunt for the missing watch. After over an hour of fruitless searching in the frigid gloom of the ice house, the men gathered in the office around the pot-bellied stove to warm their numbed fingers and discuss how they might find the lost watch. It's no use, said one man. We'll have to come back tomorrow with some screens and sift the sawdust. We should get brooms and sweep the dust into piles until we find the watch, another suggested. While the men deliberated, the office door swung open and an errand boy stepped in from the street. He placed a parcel on the clerk's desk and squeezed between two of the workmen in order to get closer to the stove. The boy warmed himself 
listening for a while as the men debated the merits of one idea over another. No one noticed him leave the cluster of men, for I opened the heavy icehouse door and slip inside. The manager listened to the workman with a growing sense of gloom. He realized it was hopeless. The watch was gone for good. It would be next to impossible to find and would probably end up crushed somewhere under the sawdust. The beautiful gold pocket watch had been a gift from his wife on their wedding day. It had been her father's. She wanted him to have it. What would he tell her now? A tugging on his sleeve interrupted his thoughts. He looked down and saw the errand boy, wood chips and sawdust clinging to his clothing, cradling the missing watch in his hands. The manager was speechless. How on earth did you manage to find it? gasped one of the workmen. It's dark in there, cried another. How could you see without a light? The manager silenced the babble of questions and asked the boy for an explanation. Well, sir, said the lad, I went into the ice house and lay down in the sawdust. I got very, very quiet, and soon I could hear the ticking of the watch. I waited until I knew for sure which direction the sound was coming from, and then I moved toward it. If I ever lost the sound, I only had to hold absolutely still and could soon hear it again. The story of the missing pocket watch illustrates the way that God seeks to speak to us, how often we fail to hear his voice. Like the workman searching for the watch, we are all seeking for truth and direction in a dark and confusing world. The one thing that will lead us to that hidden treasure is the quiet calling of the Holy Spirit. His voice is as different in nature from the clamor of the world as the quiet ticking of the pocket watch from the shouts of the men. Satan is doing his best to drown out God's soft, incessant calling by flooding our world and minds with motion and noise. As long as the warehouse was filled with the shouts and noise of the men, no one could hear the soft ticking of the watch. The devil befuddles and distracts us under the guise of giving us knowledge. Our society is no longer presented with unbiased information and allowed to digest it and to determine its appropriate response. Instead, we are force-fed a diet of shocking images and attention-grabbing headlines, all designed to titillate our senses. Our world has been reduced to sound bites and video clips that simultaneously stimulate our emotions and dull our intellect. Our attention spans are being reduced through a cultivated desire for instant gratification and entertainment-based content. The internet, video games, satellite and cable television, MP3 players, satellite radio, and in-car DVD players ensure that not a waking moment exists without noise or images to distract us. We are given no space or silence in which to reflect on the consequences of our actions and our eternity. Modern morality is also delivered in a form of entertainment. Talk show hosts and radio personalities instruct us on what is good and what is deplorable in society. We are taught that truth is not absolute but relative and ethics are situational. We are told that the highest moral position is one of tolerance, while ironically the one viewpoint that is not tolerated 
is one that holds to absolutes. Nominal Christianity has also succumbed to the desire for showmanship and easy solutions. Thoughtful, spirit-led study of the scriptures has been replaced with must-read Christian bestsellers designed for mass consumption. Heavily annotated new Bible versions instruct today's Christian on how to interpret the Bible. Which portions are more authoritative than others, and why clear directives from Scripture could not possibly mean what they seem to be saying? Extensive study notes encourage the reader to skim over difficult passages of God's Word, dwelling instead on clarifications as offered by human authors. Instead of opposing the ways of the world, many churches openly embrace its methods and models to obtain results. Numbers and noise are seen as indicators of success. Ad campaigns, targeted marketing, and a plethora of special events and programs are used to boost attendance. By pandering to carnal appetites of an increasingly demanding audience, the churches of nominal Christianity are forced to put on a bigger and bigger show. In this increasingly confusing and clamorous time, we are in danger of missing the great truth that was revealed to Elijah. We will only hear God speak to us when we are ready and waiting to listen for his still, small voice. In the story, the pocket watch was never silent. It ticked off the minutes and hours for both the workman and the boy. The difference lay in who was ready to hear its quiet call. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Truth For Our Time, produced by the Communications Committee of the Apostolic Christian Church, Nazarene. For more resources, please visit our website at acc-nazarene.org.